Eurovision. That's good. Eurovision so 2018. Good. So, so good. Was that a Eurovision It track? sounds like it came from one of the stands. You I thought your it, Kazakhstan it had a bit of Moldova to it. You reckon? Definitely. You know, Come in, Moldova. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast, where we tear down, pressure test and rebuild the issues of the Automotive Week. I'm James and with me are Richard. Hello. And Matt. G'day. This week, among other things, we'll look at blue oval developments, mammals that don't give birth to live young, and a man who's out of his goddamn mind. <laughs> but first, Musquatch. Well, it couldn't have happened at a worse time. Um, you know, Tesla's chief of engineering, Doug Field, he's taking some time off. Right. A sabbatical. Okay. You know, it's not a pressurised time at all. There's not much going on. It's a great get away with the family and uh, take it easy. Recharge his batteries. <laughs> ah. um, has he burned out? Did he walk out? Was he carried out? Um, of course, Crazy Elon's still in charge of production. Sleeping at the factory. Uh, says building cars is hard. Except he's at the Met Gala at uh, the Museum of Modern Art in New York yeah. with Grimes. With Grimes. You know, stepping out. So. Yeah. Uh, not many cars being built down there. No, look, um, this is a fairly significant uh, position that this gentleman holds as well. He's the Senior Vice President of Engineering. And if anyone needs a Senior Vice President of Engineering, it's Tesla right now. Mm. Um, and so the official statement is he's just taking some time off, as you said, to recharge and spend some time with his family. It's not Christmas. They're supposed to be hitting their target of, you know, 3,000, now 6,000 cars. Yeah. Um, and they've issued a, a, an addendum to that as well, saying he has not left Tesla. Um, so right. I'm picturing this bloke, this poor bloke. So he's just... brought his family into the Tesla plant. <laughs> yeah. If he hasn't left Tesla, what's going on? They bring yeah. them in. That's a holiday at That's Tesla. Great. They bring your yeah. family in. It's like um, a fun park. You go to the holodeck, the Tesla holodeck. <laughs> now, I reckon he was just sitting in a, short, in a corner, just going... Shivering. <laughs> yeah. Fetal position yeah, or something yeah. like that. Wow. Like they're under so much pressure right now. Well, because... Elon has said he's probably the best engineer that you know in the world, uh, but he's not good enough uh, that Elon has to take over. You know, wow. he yeah. previously been quoted as saying that this person was, mm. but mm. Um, he's got a solution. Yep, which is of course a hackathon <laughs> where all of the propeller heads that exist in the Tesla world, mm-hmm. um, the uh, Silicon Valley Bros, are going to get in there and just blue sky it till it's not a problem anymore. They're going to get the whiteboard out, or the, actually the smart board. They're going to be just laptopping it. They're going yeah. to have the whole thing squared away, um, and we'll see what comes of that. I think blue sky is the wrong approach for Tesla right now. I think they need to go blue collar and get some <laughs> yeah, people in idea. there to do great some work. Yeah, wrong type of blue. Yeah. Great point, because the sad fact is that the Bloomberg Model 3 production tracker is at 2,473 mm-hmm. uh, for the week just gone. That's up on 1,680 a week uh, the week prior. Yep. And Elon did set a burst build goal of 6,000 mm. a week. I'd incorrectly uh, said that was by June, but it's actually by end of June. Mm. So we're talking six more weeks and they're going to be at 6,000. So believe it apparently, or, or not. I don't. <laughs> the reason for it though, Musk has come out and revealed on Sunday, the hackathon, 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 is there to fix robot choke points. Huh. So, what? so there are people in there just <laughs> choking the robots. <laughs> robot choke points. Ro- robot choke points. Which means fling yep. them. Get the robots get out. Get the robots out. Get, get some people, people in. in. Get, and I think that's mm. what's happening in large part, wow. is yeah. that just they're hand-assembling things that the robots were not doing. I'm so not well. sure how a hackathon's going to fix that. 
No. That's just quite simple, I think. You're not sure? They absolutely are. So stand by for 6000 a week by the end of next month. Right. Okay. I, yeah, believe yep. it when we see it. Moving yep. on. Matt, you've driven the new Fiesta ST and Mustang from Ford. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some embargoes in terms of your drive impressions of the cars, but what you... What can you tell us without um, tripping up on those limitations? I can tell you what we already know um, okay. is that they're coming to Australia, both the Fiesta ST and the updated Mustang range. The Mustang will arrive first. It'll come here early June in V8 form. Then I think it's about September that the EcoBoost version will come. Hmm. Um, both have seen some pretty significant changes. Obviously, we're getting a 10-speed automatic in place of the old 6-speed across both drivetrains. Cool. Still, obviously, muscle cars, so uh, yep. there's, there's a bit of bit of fun to be had with these cars and um with the mustang the v8 uh has seen big power bumps and also uh the 10 speed auto makes a big difference to the way it drives obviously i can't go into too much detail on that just yet but uh one of the biggest improvements is that's got uh, an adaptive a set of adaptive dampers so they're a magna ride adaptive system but they're optional um they're 2750 as an option and all Rio the meteorological or something uh, yeah i think so yeah that. so but it's too hard to particles explain. of metal in the oil yeah mm. magnetized magnetized yeah. yeah and so it helps level out the ride and that yeah. sort of thing and makes yeah. it handle a bit better when yeah. it's in the stiffer setting um that's a great step forward for the mustang but probably one of the most impressive things i think is that it now has a standard adaptive exhaust system so you can have a quiet start for your neighbours, if you don't want to annoy your neighbours, which I've driven some cars home and got up at six in the morning to go to work and I've gone, I don't want to start this car. Start this is going to be too yeah. noisy. You roll it down the road. That's yeah. what I do. And AMG well, I can't. Like I'm in a driveway next yeah. door to my neighbours. Yeah. So. AMGs, Maseratis, yeah. other things. <laughs> you, you start yeah. out, it's like, yeah. sure. what are you doing? Sure. Just shut up, man. Drawing attention to yourself, yeah. which is a big part of the, uh, the plan. Exactly. But that's there's a quiet start system and also... You can change the volume setting depending on what you want. That's going to be offered on the four-cylinder and the V8, which is a pretty impressive thing for Ford. Not that you need it on a four, though. No, the four doesn't. I can't say this, but the Ford doesn't sound as good as the V8. But I I think that's a a proven point. (laughs) I think we know know that. Hey, uh, ANCAP ratings, do we know anything more about that? No. um, The five... Well, it's never had five-star. It had... Two star for the previous one in Australia for the ANCAP for the Mustang and the they retested it in Europe for the facelifted version for Euro ANCAP. It's three stars there. We don't know whether Australia will see a retest of the Mustang. Obviously, there's more safety equipment, which is terrific, more mm. active safety equipment, AEB, um, lane keeping assist, that sort of stuff, mm. but still has poor crash protection. And that's the real problem, right? That, yeah. You know, if you can't perform in a crash, it's no I mean, good trying to stop it anyway. So. You roll the dice, might end up with one. Yeah, one well, star. Could you know, yeah, zero. Has anyone got a zero? No, I doubt uh, it. That'd be. But then only the ones that abstain from testing. Then there's a Fiesta ST. Um, obviously, big change for that car from a four-cylinder turbo to a three-cylinder turbo, but they've managed to give it more power than the previous one. So, well, equivalent power on overboost. So this one doesn't have an overboost function. So it's 147 kilowatts and 290 newton meters from a three-cylinder engine that's pretty good that's yeah. just under the 86's uh, outputs as well yeah that's yeah and well more torque than the 86 right. by yeah. quite a by quite a margin mm. and it's it's heavier but more powerful right um 
it'll use about six liters per 100k so yeah. pretty efficient it's got a two-cylinder mode so on light load it can run on two cylinders only that sounds a bit weird when you take your foot off the throttle and it goes right yeah a bit strange but that was a bit close to a drive impression there Matt. That, oh sorry, whoa, 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 whoa. sorry. Pull, 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 pull it back there pull it back there <laughs> Okay, um, and also the exhaust sounds amazing. I can't say that, but it, <laughs> <laughs> what what can I say is we've we've come to expect a lot of the Fiesta ST. The yep. previous generation yep. one was a benchmark setting Absolutely. car, Agreed. and you'll have to wait until well overnight tonight to find so, out. So if that three cylinder engine ends up being a bit stressed and uh, gives up the ghost, you'll need to call back on your Ford warranty. Mm-hmm. And good segue, the Ford warranty has just recently, as in the last week since we last uh, joined the podcast people, has gone to five years and unlimited kilometres, which mm-hmm. is a heck of a lot better. I think they're at three years unlimited. Three year 100. So yeah. now five year unlimited, which is, you know, night and day. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. It's still a little way away from Kia, which is at seven years unlimited. That's Tesla right. has eight years yep. on, on its cars. But is it a case of, you know, pat on the back, well done, or geez, about time, you know, they've been they've been lagging on that. What do you reckon, Richard? Uh, look, I, I think it's it's the latter. I think it's about time. You mm-hmm. know, uh, three years, 100,000 kilometre warranty, even though Toyota still offers that as well. I think Toyota needs to pull its socks up as well and, and, and offer a longer warranty. Kia's had that seven-year unlimited warranty since 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's still, up until Tesla came out with its eight-year yep. uh, warranty, it's still been the best. Well, it's um, that classic conundrum, isn't it? We've spoken about mm, it before. Mm. Does a big warranty say we have ultimate confidence in our car? Yep. Um, you, you know, we, we are so sure that this thing will serve you well, we can go out there with a seven-year warranty. Or does it prop up a bad brand image by reassuring people and comp- you know, yep. getting them to come in the showroom yeah, and assuaging yeah. some of their fears. And I think that's the thing with Toyota is that they have this reputation that they are unbreakable and that they will last longer than yeah. than the warranty suggests. Yeah. But with Ford, um, I spoke to a Ford rep at the Mustang and Fiesta thing and they said that basically the the whole point of having five years now is because that's where the market is. Like the market's moved to that point where five years unlimited Ks is what's expected. Yep. And if you don't have that, then you're falling short. If yep. you're exceeding that, then thumbs up to you. Yep. Yep. But I think that it's a good move from Ford. I think the ACCC will probably have some input into the brands that still maintain their three-year 100,000K warranty because they're looking at that at the moment. Mm. Yep. And we can expect more of this as a standard, I would say, in the in the future. Which is good news for car buyers. Yeah, yeah it is. Undoubtedly, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Great I just, news. I mean, speaking to family and friends and people who aren't in the industry, to them... It's Isn't it Richard family and friend? Family and friend. <laughs> family, is it or, mainly uh, just a friend. Just a friend. Just a friend. Just, and it's then, one, even then... And even then, then it's a bit tenuous. That's true. It's, I don't really know their last name. But <laughs> according to what um, Peter says, uh, Peter yeah. reckons that uh, Pete... That Pete I think that's his first name. Um, <laughs> he reckons that a long warranty suggests that um, it's, a, it's a value-add proposition. Sure. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure, it's, sure. Yeah. I Thanks, think Pete. with Kia, for example, if you if you bought a 2014 car with the seven-year warranty and you're selling it on now yeah. still with a couple of years yeah. of warranty that's left. That's right. Yeah. It's all transferable. So, yeah. That makes you feel good yeah. as a buyer and yeah. as the seller. Yeah. Agreed. It's still got three years left, mate. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now, speaking of value-adds and Ford, uh, the Ranger. So we've been going double cab ute mad mm-hmm. uh, lately. And the Ranger, particularly the Raptor, has been creating a lot of buzz. 
But now Ford's offered you the option of the drivetrain from the Ranger Raptor in your common or garden variety XLT and Wildtrak. So if you want to, you know, keep this relatively civil uh, veneer mm-hmm. but have all the, the powerhouse underneath, you can have it, which seems like an interesting idea. Yep, I'm, I'm definitely in agreement with that. I think that yeah. offering buyers the choice is the key thing that Ford has done here. Obviously, they want to get as many buyers as they can and there are a lot of naysayers out there about that new Raptor engine with a, you know, low capacity, two litre, like it's going to be highly stressed. It's got more torque than the 3.2, but the 3.2 is, you know, a more brawny, muscly, relaxed engine sure. theoretically. Yes. And so there's going to, I mean, to have that option at a lower price point is really smart of Ford. They're obviously capitalising on the fact that at the moment they're very strong in that dual cab 4x4 Definitely. segment they're almost the leader they're neck and neck with Toyota, Toyota last month but overall this year I think they're ahead because it's really Toyota Hilux that picks it all up in the 4x2 yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Ford doesn't really match them in, in that area exactly yeah. so yeah. it's it's great that buyers are getting these options mm. but you know then you know yesterday we were talking about it and we were saying that the Raptor 75,000 bucks it sort of makes it seem a bit expensive <laughs> when you can get a yeah. XLT with That's that engine true. for like 60. Yeah, it does. So, it does. Yeah. so it's, a, it's a bit of a gamble yeah. um, on their part, but I suppose it's just broadening the choice. Can't wait to drive we'll the 10-speed auto though because I can't say this, but in the Mustang it was pretty good. So. Oh, okay. Look, with that, we'll draw a line under the Blue Oval News. That was an entire section of Ford News, but I think it was all worthwhile. But now, forget your Victor Mowers, Vegemite and Hills Hoists. Here's an Aussie icon with a focus on the future. Life's a journey, and for over a century, Winton's been helping Australians enjoy the ride. Behind the wheel of a Winton, you're comfortably in control of the most efficient, enjoyable, and brilliantly engineered car in the world. In fact, from class-leading luxury and performance cars to light trucks, heavy haulers, and agricultural equipment, all supported by our no-haggle, lifetime warranty and industry-leading service, Winton covers all the bases. Winton, Australian with a world of difference. Uh, Winton. Winton. I love Winton. I love it It calms everything down yet excites you at the same time. It's extraordinary. It's weird. It's it's like a... It's like a drug. Yeah. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and speaking of speaking of drugs, Frosty Chops, uh, Frosty, uh, you know he's the the head of corporate and government relationships at uh, Winton Motor Company. We've been trying our best. We've been trying our best. We're into the thirties now of this podcast, mm-hmm. um, and trust me, we have been pestering Frosty to be on here We're every week from the first episode. Yeah, and he's let us down. Anyway, uh, he's of course on his way back from Eurovision in mm. Lisbon. Um, he has a, a, a special management arrangement with uh, Jessica Malboy, right. who, yeah. who unfortunately took a bit of a hammering uh, over her performance uh, of We Got Love, a song that Frosty had a hand in authoring, by the way. He, Did he? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he is an amateur lyricist and yeah. he, he does quite well. Well, so. we've heard all about his music in previous episodes. Yeah, well, he, 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 absolutely. So we he, can't talk about it, though. Yeah, he that's Jess, right. it's, no, no, I, I don't know what you people are talking about. <laughs> but um, Frosty's also been calming the media waters and making a connection with the winner, who was Netta Barzile Bar- uh, from Israel, obviously just as valid as Australia. Mm-hmm. As yeah. a uh, contestant at the Eurovision contest, 
both of us clearly in the eurozone from the beginning. Well, they're closer. <laughs> they're closer. I, I missed the Australian dollar going, but I think yeah. the euro makes sense. Yeah, it um, does. It does. Anyway. But New South Wales, just for a second, let's focus on New South Wales. Um, drivers now in New South Wales face a $300 fine for passing too close to cyclists. Mm-hmm. Um, so up to 60 kilometres an hour, you must leave a metre, and beyond that, a metre and a half. And this brings New South Wales into line with other states that have had similar legislation for some time. So, Richard, I know this, this tends to get your goat. Come on. Poke, poke, you're going to poke that bear, aren't you? I'm I can just so tell. angry. I don't even know how to make words at this point. Okay. I, on, the, on the way to work this morning, I was passed by no less than six cyclists. I was still... But they passed me. Do they get you are a notoriously slow driver? Get, you are a I very slow driver. Well, I was stopped in traffic. Oh, okay, was, you were stopped. I was bumping right. a bump traffic, and they were splitting lanes. Yeah, and you know they passed me within you know they one nicked my mirror, not nicked it, but went past and hit it. <laughs> Stop! Uh, broke out the tools. <laughs> <laughs> stole your mirror and carried on. They're amazing. Uh, but, yeah, look, are they getting fined $300 for passing too close to a car? We'd, we'd have to look into the legislation. Maybe yeah. it is reciprocal. I, I, yeah. I doubt it, Yeah, but we'll, we'll maybe we'll check that out. I just out. think get off the road. Ooh. Oh. No, seriously, seriously, it's oh. for your own safety. Wow. Um, ride on a bike path, um, but not on the road. That's or, a bit you know. cool. Gee whiz. They, you know, don't, we, they don't obey the rules. They'll like when they come to a red light, don't then look, they'll go across the pedestrian me. crossing, and then they'll go up into the footpath, and they'll go back round again and keep going on the road. I think can't um, do that in the car. You can't tar them all with the same brush, just like you can't tar drivers okay. with the same brush, saying that every driver is a bad driver. So no, every driver is a good driver. No, they're not. Everyone uh, who drives a car is good. <laughs> Everyone who drives a bike, oh, sorry, I, rides a bike. That's what you got to do on a bike. They're bad. I oh, no, you're driving a bike. Well, no, I don't know what it is. I, what is? What do you do when you're on a bike? Is it riding? Yeah, you ride. I, I yes. wouldn't know. I wouldn't part, know. Part I don't do it. Do you, do you combine with it. Combine. Oh. Wow. I don't know. That's when a whole different yeah, when topic. Know, when you're pedaling a bicyclet. A bicyclet. Anyway, um, so okay, let the floodgates open. We want to hear your thoughts on whether or not bikes, cars, are they compatible in 2018, mm. particularly in city and, and built-up urban areas. Um, it seems like the New South Wales government, for one, is saying it's not going to go away. We need to be mm. careful and mm. put an exclusion zone around bikes and enforce yep. it. $300 is the sting if you do. Uh, whereas Richard here yep. would say, no, nah, bike's time has passed. Yep. They shouldn't be on major roads. Time to call it quits. So yep. let's hear your thoughts. Open up. The, uh, the email floodgate. But speaking of exclusion zones, Hamburg this coming week is set to become the first European city to ban diesel cars from parts of its CBD. So uh, it's probably going to happen in this next week. The German Federal Administrative Court in Leipzig made such a move legal in February this year. So it's only taken until now, May, for Hamburg, they've got all the signs up. They've just had a red line across them ready to take those off and make it illegal. So unless you're in an emergency services vehicle, you'll need Euro 6 compliance uh, to be able to go into these particular designated zones. So stand by, I would argue, for other cities to pile in. There are German cities lining up to do the same thing and for resale values of even fairly recent diesel cars to plummet. My God, that is Fundamentally bad. I'm so I'm so annoyed. Like, what's what's wrong with diesel? 
Wow. God, he's angry this wow. week. What did we what, do to him? Do they want you to get on a bike or something? I, is that what I, the deal I is? I feel like moving slightly further away. <laughs> You've got a lot of rage. What's wrong with diesel? A lot of people need their diesel cars to get to their jobs. Mate, and, what's wrong you know, with diesel? Some of them are carers. And as I understand it, diesel particulates are just about the same size as the little air sacs in your lungs. Yeah. yeah. They tend to go in like a piece of a puzzle, <laughs> which isn't exactly a good just thing. Just breathe through your nose. Yeah. That right. still connects to your lungs. <laughs> so, still yeah, does uh, connect to your yeah, lungs. You've got little hairs in there that stop the, uh, the particles. So diesel yeah. has been found to be a bit of a cause of cancer. Yeah. Um, so oh, I think there's... That's a myth. It, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apologies to anyone out there yeah, who may have suffering. been impacted from that. But exactly. Diesel, I think this is a smart move. I think diesel is on its way out. I think electric cars will fill that void. You can forget diesel. They will use it for long-haul vehicles, for example. But in urban centres, this makes absolutely perfect sense. Where does the electricity come from, Matt? The socket the in the wall. Yeah, from the plant. Where else? The grid. Yeah, the grid. Yeah, from the grid. In Germany, yeah, yeah. it mainly comes from wind. But that's a that's a valid point. Of course, mm. the generation, the energy at source is a whole other discussion. Mm. Yeah. But I suppose what's being talked about here is the clouds of diesel exhaust that builds in cities and that's what's you know, the subject matter here. Is petrol next? Is that what we're Yeah, what it we're is. Twenty fifty. Yeah, probably. <laughs> bye bye. God, I gotta move. <laughs> To Mars. What? So where did I? Out of this room. To the, to the cool planet. Now, look, okay, we've heard from Richard. Speaking from people that are out of their goddamn mind, um, FCA chief, um, who has a, a f- one foot in Italy, one foot in the United States, Sergio Macchioni, sent an email to his PR boss. This is several years ago now. This is about three years ago when the whole Dieselgate scandal was erupting uh, and said, are you out of your goddamn mind? And his head of U.S. communications, Gilberto Ranieri, uh, released a statement saying that uh, Chrysler was not using cheat devices on its Jeep Grand Cherokee diesels. Now, at first flush, you might think that's madness. You know, it's actually Marchione saying, just shut up, don't say anything. We're Mm. not in this. It's all denial, denial, denial. Um, But it was more that he was worried about if it emerged that there had been some kind of skullduggery an initial denial, and this is a couple of days after uh, the whole Dieselgate thing blew up, um, if there was a subsequent kind of accusation and prosecution, it made things ten times worse. Yeah, absolutely. If there's been a murder in a room and the police come in and and you put your hand up and say, I didn't kill the person, they're going to go, can you just come with us, please? <laughs> That's true. I mean, you have first-hand experience of that. Yeah, quite literally. both hands experience. When any, any murder that you've actually carried out, no admission of guilt up front. Not, it's gone all yeah, the way. You keep quiet. Yeah, just yeah. a tip. You just, yeah, it was Richard in the hallway with the candlestick. What's the term plausible deniability? Isn't yeah, that a thing? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I think, mm. I think Sergio has a point to have yeah. sent that email. Oh, I think what he the has hell too. was that guy yeah. thinking? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you raising doing? your head above the parapet. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, yeah. just keep it down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you yeah. don't know. Unless he was 100 million percent sure. sure. Yes. Which yeah. it doesn't sound like he was. Doubtful. Doubtful. Yeah. But, um, you know, speaking of people spouting utter rubbish. <laughs> A word from those cheeky young chaps at Oversteer. When you're done listening to these old farts ramble on... Can I tell a story? Come and listen to the Oversteer podcast. 
where we talk about the stuff that kids love. Story time with Mitchie Boy. Yeah, because if I don't try, I will fail. <laughs> like, you know on, how mate. you roll into a petrol station and you're like... <sighs> Would you rather be designated driver for a group of kids on a sugar high... Or a group of super drunk adults. Yes, the Oversteer podcast has everything. And you can find it on the Cars Guide website, iTunes, and where all good podcasts are sold. Oh, right. Listen to him again. I hate them. <laughs> I just, that's your standard response. You've got to get over it's this just, hate. They don't wash. <sighs> Maybe you so should... Much- there's it's so much like, anger just oozing out of every pore from you today. Maybe Richard. you should go and join them yeah. on their podcast and see, see what they think of you. That's a good yeah. idea. You, do you want to do that now? Let's yeah, pop over. <laughs> just Where are they? They're in their alternative reality one. But this is madness of another kind. Yeah. Okay. Recall madness. Mm. Just mm. so many brands. Now, it's, it's good for consumers, but I suppose at the same time it's concerning mm. in that there are so many cars being called back for rectification work on a whole range of things. We've got, uh, in the past week, a Jeep, Kia, Nissan, mm. a Commodore, Holden Commodore, Subaru Forester, Tesla, the Model S, couple of Audi models and Volkswagen Polo we've just had recent news on that today yeah uh they just can these people you know just get their quality game and safety <laughs> game in order please look recall's good um it's it's the uh responsibility of a manufacturer to follow up any issues that might be with cars some are really tiny uh some are a little bit bigger Um, And just because a car company is issuing recalls doesn't mean that there's anything fundamentally wrong with with their vehicles. It means that they've actually got a duty of care. Winton has never issued a recall notice in its entire 101-year history. But that's because the Winton's a great car. That's it. They're perfect. That says it all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're the gold standard (laughs) in terms of recalls. They haven't done one. So this is what we've had. We've had... uh, but 2004 to 2007, uh, Jeep Cherokee is being recalled because of excessive corrosion to the control arms. You kind of need control wow. arms. Wow, yeah. that's, that's a an big issue. one. On the topic of Cherokees, 2018 Cherokee, which has been equipped with a 2.4-litre engine, uh, incorrect fuel tubes in those. Right. Uh, now, that could list, that's a fire risk. Um, other issues that we've got, uh, Kia has re- uh, is recalling the 2017 Rio. Um, Child 2017 locks. Rio. Okay, yeah. what's that one? Child locks. Uh, Child locks. Inactive. Okay. Um, either they're locking your kid in or they're not or locking your kid, kid in. up. Which, yeah. <laughs> Nissan is recalling its J11 uh, 2017 to 2018 Qashqai. Um, another child issue. Uh, no, not a child issue. We talked about what a, you know, a, a, a distraction they are. So yeah, actually locking times. them up is not a bad way to That's go. True. If That's the recall allows you to do that, it could be good for safety. <laughs> This is, this is not a child issue. It's a body control module issue to do with the, the lights. The child's body. <laughs> the child's body. And Holden is recalling its brand new ZB Commodore. Uh, the left and right seat belts have been installed incorrectly. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Gee, if only we were still manufacturing them locally. That, yeah, that, that that's happen. right. You can blame that wouldn't happen. Mm. All right. Well, uh, but speaking of things that are a bit dodgy, Richard, you've unearthed. The oh. first electrified road. Oh, my God. Uh, the world's first. <laughs> it is sort of extraordinary. Fill us in on the detail. Sweden. Sweden has come up with the solution to never running out of electricity for your electric car. Hamburg, you might be interested in this. Uh, it's come up with a track, right, like a dodgem car track. Rather than the thing at the back of the dodging car going up there, it goes down into the road like a scale of electrics. And a guy jumping on the front and turning the wheel. The guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
Exactly. Um, no, a little, little thing comes down, hooks into the track, the metal tram track type thing. It's just a single one, and then you, your car's constantly being charged as it follows this track. Sweden's rolling them out all over the country. Wow. This is, it's seeing this wow. as an opportunity to, and it does, it does save, you know, you know emissions, it does reduce emissions. It's, it seems like a good idea, but I, I actually think it's terrible. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it looked, we had a look at the video earlier on, and uh, I agree. I think it rates highly on the terrible scale. Yes, it's, it's a big terrible idea. This, this is for me. This is right up there with when electric cars were going to have battery swap stations. Ah, yes. It's that same mentality yes, yeah. that oh, we can just build it into what people do every day. Sure. Um, wouldn't it be better to invest in inductive charging so you can drive along and you don't actually have to connect to the road yep. or. You know, when you're parked at home, it just charges all the time. Yeah, the, the, so. the, I think the other thing with the battery swap idea, as it is with car sharing, um, and that may emerge in time, is that it's predicated on the thought that people are actually decent yeah. and and helpful and look out for one another. Yeah. Whereas I don't, you know, have you seen some of those share bikes um, around the place? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's such a big big uh, idea. People aren't decent. But yeah. yeah, so Sweden maybe got this one wrong. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's or, all right, look, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We will keep moving. Um, we'll finish it up with a quick whip around in terms of what's been in our garage, what we've been driving. Uh, Matt, obviously, you've been driving cars that you can't talk about the driving yep. of, but you have been steering something else. Yes, I've been in the Porsche Panamera Sport Turismo Turbo. So it's the new Panamera wagon. It's fast. Uh, it's all-wheel drive, 4-litre twin-turbo V8. And it goes from zero to 100 in about wow. That's that's how fast. How long it takes yeah. to say it's, the word wow. It's really good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fast. It's, it's The most surprising thing about it for me is that it's super comfortable. Mm. It's got air suspension and it just rides beautifully and steers like a Porsche would. Um, obviously, it's not light and it's not great in tight corners. Um because all-wheel drive can be a little bit hard to balance things out in tight corners, but generally it's it's a pretty fantastic offering. But and, and have you got a rough price tag? Do you know what we're talking about there? Four hundred. Wow. Yeah, 400? Look, it's a it's a snip. Yeah, oh, hey, you know, it's just small change. Mm. Um, Richard, the car you've been driving, obviously, it's worth more than four hundred grand. It's, you need to one up Matt there. It's not a Panamera. I do love that car. I haven't driven the new one, but I think that's a fantastic execution of you know a limousine from a Porsche perspective. It's a great execution as well. Execution as well. <laughs> outstanding yeah. execution. Um, talking of executions, uh, <laughs> the Jaguar E Pace is what I've been at the moment. Ah. The base spec S, or I suppose it's one up from the base spec. Yeah. Uh, with the uh, P300 engine, which is a two-liter four-cylinder, two twenty-one kilowatt, four hundred newton meter engine. So it's hot hatch performance. It's uh, the performance is great. It's a really heavy car, though. Mm. Um, it feels like it's made of concrete, <laughs> um, and my fuel has been through the roof. In yeah. fact, I've I put sixty liters in the sixty-liter tank this morning. Oh. Um, I used it all up, and it's because that's the thing. I remember yeah. one of our valued contributors, Steve Corby, writing about the car and saying mm. that it's smaller, yet it's made mostly of steel. Yeah. Whereas larger Land Rovers and Range Rovers are made of aluminium. aluminium. Yeah, so that's you right. get this irony of a small car that's up towards yeah. a couple of tons in weight. Yeah. Mm. You don't you don't feel it in terms of the performance, the straight line performance. That engine, that four cylinder engine, screams like a straight six. It's really good, and it's, it's yep. got plenty of grunt. And it doesn't have it doesn't feel like it's struggling to push it, um, but you do see that fuel gauge dropping wow. before your yeah. eyes. Yeah. I was doing 
just driving around town, I was getting 19 litres per 100. Wow. And then after some good motorway miles, I managed to drop that to 12.9. But 12.9 is as low as I can get it. And what did we say? Eight litres per 100 yeah. was the recommended Claim. suggestion. Hey, yeah. here's, here's a good one. My outcome for the Porsche was yep. 12.9. So both 12.9. Yeah. Interesting. Mine's You've with got a, a twin, V8 twin turbo V8 4 litre. Wow. Yeah. All right, well, I've, just to round that off, I've been in the Audi Q7 e-tron. Oh, yeah. Uh, which combines a turbo diesel and um, electric motor. But your range is only about 40 kilometres right. on pure EV. Um, the charge-up time is relatively rapid. I think it's on a, a normal outlet. It's much less than five hours that you might expect on other cars, some two and a half, something like that. But 40 k's just disappears like that. And all of a yeah. sudden, the predicted um, range shrinks. So it's... In my book, not a real 40 k's when, when you're actually driving around. I just don't know whether it's worth all the rigmarole and the charging and all that stuff. I just don't, I don't see it. But I, I think yeah. it's one of those ones where if it was inductive and you could put a pod down you park on top of it, it'd be yeah. one of those Agree things that, that changed your mind about it. Agree with totally. that. Totally. I think that's yeah. true. I think the effort versus reward at the moment probably doesn't add up. Yeah. But if you could make the effort a little less, uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm. Great point. Mm. Anyway, I think that has got us to the finish line. And I need to say thank you, Matt. Thank you. And thank you, Richard. Thank you. Great. And thanks to our producer, Barbara, for dotting the technical I's and crossing the creative T's. Fortunately, we record this podcast in the afternoon because he doesn't like morning people um, or mornings. Or people. Or people. (laughs) And thank you for listening. Please let us know what you think of the program. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. And if you have a minute, like right now, um, rate and review us on iTunes. Another way to let us know what you think and helps others know about the podcast. Thank you. I hope you can join us next week. Until then, do you know what really grinds my gears? Cyclists. A dodgy clutch. (laughs) You're unbelievable.